here's some tips for maintaining your Trex deck. Um, occasionally wash it with some soapy water or a pressure cleaner. Trex composite decking is low maintenance and won't fade, splinter or warp. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. It's time for McCafe coffee catch-up as well, and well, we couldn't be more stoked to have this wonderful trainer who is doing amazing things over in Australia. Whether you're a racing nut or not, you would have heard us talk about Mwanga and Zaki, two absolute stars of the spring with huge profiles, and profiles which you've got to say have also helped lift the profile of this trainer who we'll speak to in a sec to the very, very pointy end of Australian racing. Annabelle Nisham is a wonderful lady doing wonderful things over there in Australia, and we're really lucky to have her on the show this morning. Good morning, Annabelle. Morning, guys. How are you? Wonderful, thank you. Crikey, you've had a you've had a heck of a spring so far, haven't you? A little bit of everything in there. <laughs> yeah, certainly uh, a lot of highs and uh, a few lows. But I suppose with the highs comes the lows, and it makes uh, the good days good days uh, even better. But um, looking forward to the rest of the week, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah exactly. Well, you've obviously got Zaki and Wang. We'll get onto them in a minute. But just I guess the, a little bit of a backstory. For for us on, on Annabelle Nation. So she obviously used to train uh, for Chris Waller. Well, not Chris Waller. Um, Kira Ma used to be with him, and then you've gone out on your own, and then just in a very short space of time, you've just projected yourself to the very top of the ranks over there in Australia. Do you want to just explain to us a little bit more about that journey? Yeah. So um, originally from from England, and came out to Australia uh, about five and a half years ago. And um, did a did, uh, first part with Gay Waterhouse Major and Bot, which is amazing. And then um, took up a role with with Kieran Maher and David Eustace, and that sort of led to me being their assistant trainer in in Sydney um, when they opened up a stable there. And and uh, yeah, from from there, sort of launched on my own just over a year ago. Yeah, what what's the biggest challenge since you've been out on your own? Um... Obviously, you've had some great support being with those, a, a good team, but now you're on your own. You've probably obviously got a good team around you. What's the biggest challenge when you go out on your own? Uh, probably, um, I suppose, initially not having someone like Kieran to bounce ideas off. Um, you know, the, mm. I suppose it's just being brave enough to make those calls yourself, but um, I felt I was ready to, ready to do that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have gone out on my own if I didn't, but... Um, yeah, I suppose sharing the lows with a, a big bigger team was probably a bit easier in their stable. Yeah. But um, uh, yeah, I mean to be honest, it's that that job I had was just an amazing launch pad into into what I'm doing now. Um, it was a really good uh, way to learn. I was running the stable up in Sydney, um, which was sort of removed from from the boys down in Melbourne. So um, I had a fair bit of responsibility, and I think that that has helped with that transition. Obviously, now running my own business, there's all the things that come with that, not just training, all the business mm. side of things as well, but um, I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, nice, nice. And um, tell us a bit about Zaki. Zaki was obviously scratched early uh, in the morning of the Cox Plate, which was, wow, we are all bloody gutted because we wanted to see Zaki racing in, in the Cox Plate. But tell us about Zaki. How's, how's the horse pulled up in preparations um, heading into the weekend's race? Yeah, he pulled, he's 
he had a temperature on the morning of and and sort of I suppose it's a good thing but it, in some ways it makes it even more frustrating that was actually the only temperature he spiked on the Saturday morning never went up again and his blood was blood picture was completely back to normal on Monday so um, you know had it ling- had it lingered on I probably would have just put him in the paddock um, yeah. but the fact that he, he literally spiked a temp for a day um, I sort of I kept going with him to see how he is, and it certainly doesn't seem to have knocked him around. Um, he's very fresh. Um, Jay Matt came and galloped him last Saturday and and this Tuesday, and um, you know he gave him the he gave him the tick. He had a thumbs up coming back in on Tuesday, and he, you know he felt off that work. We should be running him. So, um, like with like with all 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 our horses, if we're not completely comfortable with them, we don't run them. Um, but certainly. You know, even looking at him out on the track this morning, he's bright as a button, and um, yeah, I just can't wait to get him back to the track. It's a month between runs, but I and I've always ran him last prep, which is our first prep with him. He ran every couple of weeks, but um, I'll be interested mm. to see. He's always ran well first up, so I'll be interested to see how he is. You know, a month between runs, that that bit of freshness on his side. Nice. Yeah, I guess. Going back to that Cox Plate and picking up the temperature and, and things like that, is that just a huge part of training as well? You're just constantly evaluating your horses and seeing the fitness, and obviously you work to a long-term plan. But then each day you've just got to you got to deal with what you've got. Is that is that a real big part of it? Yeah, and and you know you try and leave no stone unturned. You do everything you can, but it's just a real reminder that that they're animals and things go wrong. Mm. Um, you know, if it was a perfect science, then um, I suppose it wouldn't be any sort of art to training. But I've, I really think there was nothing we could do about it. It's just one of those things. Um, um, and, and I suppose, you know, I'm learning from from the start that, that you, you get those disappointing days. But um, look, it's not the end of the world. We've still got the horse. He's happy and healthy and, um, and he's favourite for Group 1 on Saturday. So, um all is not lost, but uh, yeah, I was disappointed, particularly for, for Todd Pollard and, and Raphael Moscatani, who, who came down, you know, they, they did 14 days quarantine in Melbourne, sort of six, seven weeks ago, um, they've been with the horse the whole way through, so it's really gutting for them, because I think he'd been favourite for the Cox Plate for about five months, so hmm. you're kind of hoping that come Cox Plate morning, you've still got the favourite, um, but uh, didn't expect for him to, to have that temp. Oh, a little sweetener of the McKinnon would, would be quite nice as well. You just mentioned Todd Pollard, of course, um, familiar to us here in New Zealand. He's come across and, <laughs> and joined your ranks just recently after being with Stephen Marsh here in, in Cambridge in New Zealand. How's Todd getting on? And and, uh, and we miss him over here. Uh, well, hopefully you're not going to have him back. Cause he's <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping he's here to stay. He's, he's very good. Um, no, very lucky to have him, obviously. A real talent, and um, he's been a great addition to our team. Um, it was, you know, it was a comfort. You know, Zaki's probably my best horse in the stable. So when you're sending them away in the times that we're in with COVID and what have you, um, I had to make that call. Whether what I did, and obviously we've got quite a lot of horses in, in Sydney now, so I couldn't really turn my back on all of them just for, for one horse. So the beauty of having Todd is, you know, he's well capable of, of overseeing his prep and. It was great that uh, we won the Underwood um, under his care down in Melbourne, and yeah, he's, he's been a great asset. So we've actually swapped over. He's he's gone back up to Sydney. Um, we've got some nice runners 
in at Rose Hill tomorrow, um, and, and I've just come down for the last week of the carnival. So, can you just explain to us how how you actually got a hold of Todd? What, how did that process work? Because he was obviously working here in New Zealand. Did you just headhunt him out, or how did that sort of come about? Throw a bit of cash out. Gotta be careful there. I don't know what to say. I can't really remember. <laughs> now I, I was I was looking for an assistant trainer and his name kept popping up. Um, a lot of people recommended him. Um, I think even fellow Keely and Andy, Andy Williams um, gave me a call and said, this guy's great. And um, yeah, I had a couple of chats with him on the phone and he said he was keen to come and, and explore uh, the racing in Australia as well. So um, yeah, I don't think it was, it was probably only a couple of months later that he, that he arrived. Excellent. Oh, that's great journalism from uh, from Baz McCullum. There we got breaking news on the Baz and Izzy for breakfast. No, I'm really joking. Hey, look, I want to ask you about Moonga. Moonga uh, said a you know reasonably solid uh, spring carnival as well. Um, you know, how's Moonga looking preparations heading into Saturday? And you've got two of the great horses in one race. You must be um, pretty happy with that. Yeah, he's super. Um, I've actually just just got off him. Um, uh, rode him this morning and he's he's uh, very full of himself. Um, he's normally quite a reserved sort of horse. He's, he's normally quite quiet, but just noticed the change in him this week. Um, he's got a real spring in his step. So he's had a great prep so far. He obviously he beat beat very elegant first up in in the group one wing stakes, which was a, a really big thrill, particularly as he's a you know yeah. he's still an entire. So um, although he was always going to get a place at stud having won the road to guineas i think you know being a group one winner weight for age over 1400 just probably enhanced his value and and um probably just secured his future a bit more in that department but um he was then massive in the makadi diva going down by i think it was about a neck to incentivize and and uh you know was running the epsom with top weight was huge so um mm. but he's coming off the back of a Maybe, maybe on the day I was probably a little bit disappointed with his Cox Plate run, but when I look back through the replay, I think maybe maybe I rode him a bit close. Um, and I think I just think back to Flemington, big track. Um, it won't be as soft as it was. It was pretty soft at uh, Mooney Valley, and I do think he prefers being on top of the ground. So I'm pretty confident he's going to run a big race. Oh, nice. Oh, so we're, we're friends <laughs> with uh, Richie. Richie Moanga, and obviously it's named after Richie Moanga, and he's doing special things, raising some money for Child Cancer Foundation, I think. Um, does he have much involvement? Has he been hound you? I know he's a big, avid horse fan, and he's very uh, you know, fortunate to be involved with, with Moanga. No, it's just been amazing to have him involved. He's obviously an absolute superstar on the pitch and, and seems to be a superstar off the pitch as well. So, um, yeah, we've had a, a, a few messages back and forth. I know he's had contact with Jack, who's his, who's his strapper that, that looks after him. I know they have a bit of a bit of chat um, as well. So he's yeah, he takes um, great interest in him. And uh, I know uh, uh, sort of um, or heard might have been on your radio station actually when um, we spoke to him after he won the Wink Stakes, and he, he actually you know you can just hear the excitement in his voice. So um, yeah. yeah, it's just good that his name takes a good horse, and we're not still. Um, trotting off around the country trying to win a maiden with him because uh, wouldn't been wouldn't have been much good calling the horse after after a superstar if it wasn't a superstar. Yeah. Well, 
Annabelle, um, Izzy's got plenty of cash, and, and he's quite keen to go to the sales this year and buy, <laughs> buy Mwanga's brother. And if that's the case, he said he's only got two conditions. One is that you train it, and the second one is that J-Mac has to ride it. So as long as as long as long you're good with that, we can probably make well, that. Well, they got money. that much money, mate. <laughs> you're going to need about $1.5 I reckon. <laughs> oh, hell. Oh, well, I'm more than happy, more than happy for that. <laughs> I mean, J-Mac's just riding out of his skin. You'd, you'd get him on every horse if you could. Um, but, uh, no, yeah. well, ho- hopefully you can get him. What's he going to call him? That's a great question. Um, have a name. Busy. <laughs> Might call him Busy. Busy. Baz and Izzy. <laughs> get busy. <laughs> uh, uh, hey, hey, Annabelle, you mentioned um, about J-Mac then. He's just having an unbelievable carnival, isn't he? And he's just seems to have gone to, to new heights. You know him so well. What, what is it that you think has made him what he is right at this point in time? Oh, he's just, well, other than the, you know, the fact that on, a, on the back of a horse, he's just got so much talent. You can see he's just at one with every horse. You know, a lot of good jockeys are good, but, you know, occasionally they don't suit a certain horse. He just suits any horse. He can ride any horse. He's just got, he rides with that natural instinct, but he's, I think it's his competitiveness that that um, really sets him apart. Um, you know, he, he won the derby on Sunday and he's on the phone, sorry, Saturday, and he's on the phone to me Sunday sort of chasing a, a nice horse to ride that we've got back up in Sydney in a few weeks' time. You know, his mind is always looking forward. Um, yeah. Yeah. Spoke to him the day after the, the Melbourne Cup and he said, I haven't really... I hadn't let his hair down yet. He said, I've still got Nature Strip and Zaki to look forward to. So, you know, he just he's just the ultimate professional. Um, he's very, very competitive. And, and um, yeah, he's not, just a, he's not just a jockey. You know, he takes great interest in all, all of their pedigrees. And, and um, you know, I don't know what he'll do when he retires, but I'd say he'd make a good blood book agent or a good trainer or, or, or whatever he wants to do because, yeah, he's just fully immersed in it. Well, if he keeps riding like he is and winning all that stake money, he won't need to do much other than sit back and enjoy the fruits of his labour. <laughs> hey, um, we'll let you go in a sec, Annabelle. But yeah, that's right. We'll, we'll let you go in a sec. But you did mention just before that you got quite a nice team elsewhere this weekend as well. Can you steer us into one outside of Mwanga and Zaki? Yeah, we've got a two-year-old running um, in the Golden Gift at Rose Hill tomorrow is called Nobel. I'm not sure what price he is now. I think he opened up at about $8.59. Um, I thought uh, his run, if you go back and watch his run at Mooney Valley on Cox Plate Day, actually J-Mac was on him. It was a very eye-catching run. He was a little bit caught for speed. It was 1,000 metres, um, but he closed off really well around third and sort of powered past the winner after the line and and, uh, yeah, back on a bigger track over 1,100. I think he'll run a big race. Ooh. Beautiful. Well, $8. Thank you, Annabelle. I'll be oh, right on that. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> you might not be 8.50 <laughs> at the end of the show. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, a huge thank you from us, Annabelle, for, for joining us here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. And we love what you're doing over there. And, we uh, yeah, we're big supporters of you. And, and we wish you all the very best this weekend with both... Mwanga and uh, and obviously Zaki as well. Thanks, awesome. Thanks for having me on, guys. It's that time of the morning as we count down to New Zealand Cup Week. We've been counting down to the amazing week that is Cup Week for the last two weeks. Thanks to Fibre Fresh, Equine and Calf Superfood, proudly New Zealand made. And today we're on the eve 
of the 2,000 guineas and only three days from getting stuck into the whole week. Three is about the same number of hours our guest, our next guest, is going to have not working next week. And that's the reality year in, year out for our Canterbury-based race caller who crowed who cross codes like Prime, Sonny Bill Williams bringing punters, iconic cause will reflect on for years. Matt Cross is the man for the job. Luckily, he loves his job and he's on the line now. Good morning, Matty. <laughs> Good morning, Izzy. Gee, I'm not sure about the comparison to, uh, to Sonny Bill Williams. <laughs> you, you probably could have gone a little bit lower than that. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, it's a pleasure to be on anyway. Uh, how are you guys? Oh, good. we're good, champion. We're good, champion. That's just the reality of how good you are, mate. You do it all. You do it all. You, how big of a task is Cup Week for you? And can you walk us through the commitments of the whole entire week? Yeah, I can. I can talk you through it. Uh, it's it's not an easy task, but at the same time, <laughs> it's a, it's a very enjoyable one. It basically kicks off today, to be fair. So we have. Uh, harness races out in Rangiora this afternoon, so we get through mm. 11 races there today till about 7 o'clock, and then as you say, tomorrow we head over to Rickerton Park, we've got how many there? 11 with a group 1, the 2,000 guineas heading around there tomorrow, and Sunday and Monday are generally decent office days with a couple of functions in between, and then Tuesday, the big day out of uh, the Addington Raceway. I'm sure that many people have been on course for the IRT New Zealand Cup, which this year has a, a full field and a, a fairly even one outside of the favourites as well. Wednesday, we head to Rickerton for the Copeland's Bakeries Mile. Thursday, we go to Ashburton for a harness meeting. Back on Friday to Addington uh, for the traditional show day meeting. And then Saturday, back at Rickerton again for their New Zealand Cup and the 1,000 guineas. So it might sound like quite a long time, but basically from mm. this moment I'm talking to you until next Saturday, in about eight or nine days' time, it feels like about 30 seconds, but it's a 30-second it's a that you have to be well and truly prepared for. Hey, mate, do you, just listen to your talk. Do you find it tough to not just try and talk normally like, I feel like you're going from race caller voice to, to normal Matt Cross. Like, is it, do you find it tough to not try and get into race mode? I say Sometimes I do, but you know what? If you were, it would be tiring. It would be so tiring if you were. Um, you know, it would be like if you were running around all day like you would on the rugby field. You'd get sick of it. You, you, save, that, you save that for the pitch, Izzy. But, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. I, I certainly... Uh, I probably slur my words a little bit more when I'm not at work, but yeah, it can be tiring at times. <laughs> <laughs> Matt is Baz here. Hey, um, mate, it's something that's always staggered me: is how do you actually remember? How do you familiar familiarise yourself with the fields and the horses, and how does that just program into your head? What's that process look like? So it, it sort of starts when you kind of you're doing all of the form and you do get a bit of a, an idea of who's generally in the field. But in terms of memorising the entire field, it doesn't really happen until you see them on on the course. So when the horses first come out at the trots, it's a little bit easier because you kind of get seven or eight minutes of prelim with them. So by the time they get to the start and the race is run, they're well and truly locked into your mind. Where it gets difficult is when you go to Rickerton, the horses come into the front parade ring, the, the jockeys literally jump on and then they bugger off down to the start. So you've got about two or three minutes seeing them up close and then they get around to the gate. So you've, you've just got to pretty much, what I do is I look at the horse, I say the horse's name out loud 
and I keep repeating that through the entire field before I can get through them all without missing a beat. And for a field that I've seen most of the time, that can take two or three minutes, but where it gets incredibly difficult is if you go to Rickerton and there's like a two or three-year-old race up the chute at the 1,200 metres. I don't know if you've ever been to Rickerton, but up that chute, it's a long, long way away when they get up there. That's where it gets kind of hard when you've never seen them before. But most of the colours I'm familiar with, you have to be quite careful that you don't get mixed up with a horse in the previous race because if you get a trainer like Jamie Richards or Michael and Matthew Pittman or Mark Purden in the harness racing code, then your brain can play tricks on you race to race and, and think that it's the horse from the previous. But it's like what you guys do. It's like uh, any sportsman or any, anybody in their job. The more you do it, the more you get accustomed to it. And, and it does become easier over time, but you've still got to be on the ball, though. Sounds exhausting. Sounds absolutely <laughs> taxing. You must be cooked by the end of it all, surely. Do you get a chance to have a yeah. couple of beers and just let down? Yeah, well, I haven't actually had a beer for about two months, so I think that probably helps um, <laughs> for this week. And I, that's one thing I am looking forward to, the light at the end of the tunnel, grabbing hold of that cold one, knocking the top off it, and just that first sip, I think, would be one of the most satisfying <laughs> sips I've ever had on that, on that last... Uh, you that really last thought about this, haven't you? <laughs> I have. I have. I've, I've walked it through my mind so many times, and boy, does it feel good. <laughs> oh, beautiful, mate. Love it. I look forward to having one with you next Saturday, Matty, brother. Um, Talk us through the week. What is your favourite day? What, what's one that really gets you up and about about the whole week? What's what's your favourite? Which I think Tuesday's probably the day historically for me that's that's me the most. I grew up with with a harness racing kind of background within within my family of people who would follow the races. So I think that the Tuesday there's so much history around the New Zealand Pacing Cup. It's the biggest two mile race in the Southern Hemisphere. There's a lot of great horses go around it and you know, there's been a lot of great memories over the years from that race. And so I think that that day is probably the one that I look forward to the most. I really enjoy the, the two group ones at Rickerton. We're very lucky that we're able to have both of the Guineas races down here. Tomorrow's got a star-studded field for the three-year-old boys, and then we move through to the three-year-old girls next Saturday. So they're both very good days. The hardest day is probably the Ashburton on the Thursday. It's a bit of a lower-grade meeting, and you've sort of been riding the high of the last two or three days and then you, you have to jump in the car and head an hour south and the, the calibre of horses isn't probably at the level of what you've been used to during the week. So, yeah, that's probably the most testing day out of them all. Matty, we're going to let you go in a minute, but just before we do, and we know you're a busy man, can you, can you steer us into the 2000 Guineas winner? Well, I actually was lucky enough yesterday, Baz, to go out to Jamie Richards' base at Rickerton, and I got to meet a horse in the flesh called Novia. Mm. Now, he is one sexy boy. When I laid <laughs> eyes on him at the races, I thought, you, you're a real nice horse. But then when you see him up in the flesh, such an imposing horse, Baz, and you'd know this about having thoroughbreds yourself, you know, when you see a good one, you know a good one. And I think he's, uh, he's got Opie Boston on, He's got Jamie Richards training him. He's got young Sam Burgesson down here looking after him and a great team of Tiaka around him. So I think Novia would be the tip outside of those. It's pretty much anybody's go. It's an even race outside of him, but there's one man who knows how to win a Group 1 in New Zealand. It's Opie Bosson, and I'll be going with Novia in race eight.
Beautiful. Is he? Did you write that? Did you write that down in big bold print, my friend. Yes, I'm not going wide, Kerry. Mm. I'm going over. There. I've got you. <laughs> All righty, Matty. Well, we'll let you go, mate. But we really appreciate you joining us here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Can't wait to hear your voice over the week and have a fantastic call, mate. You're doing brilliant things down there. Absolutely, guys. Thanks for having me on, and as always, enjoying the show. Keep it up. Coming up, we got a we got a legend, a champion, a champion black fern. Kendra Coxedge, Black Ferns had a massive task, have a massive task ahead of them as they try to bounce back from that massive loss against England. Another week together would have done wonders for the young side and Kendra would have been leading the way this week. Glenn Moore would have put them through their paces and I'm looking forward to seeing the girls bounce back after that tight tussle against England in that first round. And Kendra's on the line, she's had a busy day, so we'll get over to Kendra. Good morning Kendra. Hey, morning, Izzy and Baz. How are you? Good. Oh, so, very good. Very good. Ken, how are you, mate? How, how's the week been? How, how you, how you, how's the preparation been going? It's been a really good week. Um, obviously, just heartbreak loss last weekend. Obviously, pretty disappointed in that. Mm. But, mate, we've had a really good week uh, prepping so far. Um, there was a massive mindset change, and, yeah, we're ready We're just losing you a wee bit there, Kenj. Um, can you stand up and put your phone out the window so we can get some good service? <laughs> can you, can you? <laughs> can you? We're just can losing you a wee right bit, Kenj. Yeah, yeah. That's in the better, wine that's cellar. Better. Thank you. Must be in the wine cellar. So, no, no, I kind of heard a wee bit about preparation. Tell us about the preparations and... What were the biggest learnings from that first match, um, you know, leading into this weekend? What has been the messages from from Glenn Moore and Les Alla, you know, your, your inspirational skipper? Yeah, I think the biggest thing for us is like is was learning, right? Like you've got to learn from losses like that. And I think, yeah. um, you know, we had a lot of new girls into Test Footy, and it was kind of welcome back to Test Footy. And you know, England really brought mm. it to us, almost knowing that. Um, I think the main thing was is we had prepped well, we trained well last week, and we review, we kind of stick to the plan that was you know that we kind of had had in place and um, yeah. I think yeah really physical it was really fast um, and I think probably the main thing is just that the mindset you know we're very ready to, mm. to take that on and um, you know that they beat front um, she did their homework on our lineouts um, that was a real big challenge when you. You know, the platform was really tough, but, you know, for me, I guess, as, as a nine, trying to create a good platform for the for the side, and it's challenging when you, you know, when you set pieces and at the, at the, at the best. Kendra Baz here. Hey, um, obviously, it didn't work out last week for you, but it must have been awesome being back playing after two and a half years with the girls, being able to get out there and just put the black jersey on again and, and rip into it. And no doubt the you guys would be better for it this time around, and you just relax the shoulders a little bit and, and you can really sink your teeth into the game. Is that fair? Yeah, yeah. We were fizzing last week, you know, putting on that jersey, doing the haka and singing the anthem, you know, again. And, you know, the crowd was massive. There was, for us, there's some, you know, it was 10,000, which is huge for us. You know, some mm. girls have never played in mm. front of that many people. And, you know, they're really supportive. It was a roaring crowd. Um, so it was a real special occasion um, at Sandy Park. And, yeah, it was, it was, I think, you know, I think it's probably what girls got kind of got caught up in, right, is the fact that we were back playing test footy and sure, it was tough on the lungs. The lungs and the legs were blowing about 20 <laughs> minutes in, that's for sure. 
<laughs> oh, someone that's about as fit as anything like yourself. If you're blowing, man, I can't imagine what I'll be feeling like out there. Hey, talk about the talk about the tour. Like I've been, I've been following a few of the girls on, on the social. You've been getting out, and have you been trying to hack it around the golf course like Chelsea Alley has? Hey, Chelsea Alley's been horrific. I think she needs a break from the golf course. <laughs> <laughs> no, we've um. I mean, obviously, we're in bubble life over here, so we're pretty restricted on what we're mm. what we can do. But um, you know, where we can, we try and get out and about. And you know, we've done a couple of bus tours, and um, there's a lot of fun that's kind of been around the, the hotel. We just had a bit of a fun night um, at the races. We called it. We had some fake money and just betting on mascots racing and marble racing and all that kind of stuff, which has been <laughs> which has been pretty cool. So. Um, that's been pretty much. Did you even know there was marble racing, Dagger? You need to look into that, mate. It's crazy. What? What is Tell that? Us what that Can you is. explain it? What is that? It's actual marbles. There's marbles racing. You need to go suss it out. Have a look at it. <laughs> oh, this is not they what we need. We don't track. need something else to punt on. Yeah. <laughs> You're probably the worst. We talk, talk about punting about on the show all day. <laughs> probably go better than the horses, to be fair. <laughs> 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 Who oh, won? Who else. cleaned up? Oh, we 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 put some money on snowball, snowball, and the, and it came in, it came in and won, so that was good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how good, how good! I love it. We um, have good form going into their race, or is just <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just kind of started off real fast, kind of dropped back into fourth, and then came in and won. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a good ride, eh? Hey? <laughs> Who was riding it? Who was riding it? <laughs> I'm going to send oh, you the link to look at it. It's funny as. Yeah. <laughs> okay, send us the link. We'll track it up on our Twitter page so you at home can have a bet on the marbles. There you go. Love the wee little TAB might even put some odds on. How good is that? Um, hey, exciting news been uh, announced the last couple of days. Super Rugby Old Picky squads have been announced. And um, I was just kind of aligning that to to the way that England has been playing the last couple of years. You know, they are a quality side, but they've had a professional um, competition over there for a while now. They've been playing a lot of rugby. Can you see the, the, the transition in the Super Rugby Old Picky and the squads and, and the exposure? Can you see the upside from, from this competition going forward? Like the Black Ferns have had Farrah Palmer Cup before, but and they've been world leaders on the big stage, but you can only see this new competition and the exciting... Um, aspect this brings to, to women's rugby, it's only going to develop the Black Ferns and the women's rugby to be even better, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, like, we know there's always been a big jump, you know, from Farah Palmer Cup to Black Ferns, so that's going to help bridge that. And, man, looking at mm. today, like, there's going to be some good competitive footy. You know, you've got the best players in the in the country. You've got Ferns Sevens players coming across and playing too. So you literally got the best rugby players in New Zealand going to be coming up against each other. You know, for four weeks, and that's going to be quality. And you know, we're going to be together four day, you know, four days a week for six weeks. So, you know, that kind of training full time, and that's just going to add um, a different kind of element to the game. You know, when you're training together, you can get stronger together, fitter together. I um, mean, obviously on the field, doing you know, people will understand technical stuff a bit better. So, I think the quality of it's going to be, you know, going to be huge. Um, we saw the Blues Chiefs play early on this year, and you know, that was that was high quality as well. So. It's really exciting and it's a good opportunity for, you know, after playing test footy after two and a half years, I think, you know, having a competition like this is also going to bridge that gap in terms mm. of, um, you know, the, the intensity of it. 
I'm looking at the sides. I'm looking at the sides, and they're all quality throughout. But one squad that I just think is absolutely disgustingly stacked is the Chiefs, mate. What's going on there? And how did they get Ruby uh, Tui? I'm spewing. I'm spitting tacks that they were able to get Ruby, Ruby Tui, who was born and bred in the South. What's going on there? I heard you and um, Joey Wheeler doing something together, having talking about Kelly and Ruby not playing for the South. Yeah. Um, yeah, we got to, we got to lose Roots, but obviously she's following, probably following Bunce. You know, she's had a lot to do with him with the Sevens, and he's coaching, yeah. coaching them. So I kind of, you know, kind of understand it. She's got a life now up in, up in Sauronga. Um, but yeah, we're we're gutted not to have have her down south. Um, and the same with Kelso, you know, Fano's up in up in Tauranga. But um, with our team, we've got some quality players too. You know, there's going to be some competitions just within our team and Mata too. Um, you know, so it's going to be real, yeah. real good. It's going to be, you know, that's what's really good too is that the the competition for positions is going to be massive each week, um, which is huge. Yeah, no, I'm really looking forward to that competition, uh, Kenji. I think it's going to be outstanding. It's much needed. It's been a long time coming. I'm glad it's here. But back to the test. On uh, this weekend in Northampton, when you're playing the English side, how has Growler been? How has Glenn Moore been this week? <laughs> I was lucky enough to be coached by Glenn Moore. He has a nickname, Growler, for a reason. Uh, how's he been, <laughs> mate? <laughs> yeah, he was, um, our review was pretty ruthless, eh? Um, but, you know, it's always, <laughs> always about performance, never personal. So, um, he, you know, came in, him and all that, you know, he's in, and we're coming pretty hot around a few different bits and pieces, which was needed, you know, so it was open and honest. Um, he's he's been pretty good. We kind of did the review. You know, the great thing about it is you can turn around and play again. We get to play them again this week, and you know we're we're pumped for that. We got rid of the review straight into preview um, for this week, and you know we're not going to we're going to change too much in terms of how we wanted to play them. Um, it's just more around you know getting our physicality right, getting our set piece right, um, and then once we get a good platform, we'll be I think you know we'll we'll be we'll be dangerous. Um, and, you know, there'll be a few changes this week in terms of the team too, which is always exciting. Um, there's got a, yeah. still got a young girls to come through. So um, the team will be named, you know, shortly for that. So that's exciting. Do you want to announce I'm, I'm interested in this. <laughs> interested in this, Kendra, <laughs> <laughs> I'm interested in, 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 from a coaching point of view. So the preview or even a little bit of the review, was it more around tactics and game plans or was it more around attitude? Which which Glenmore was sort of picking up on. Our one this time was was it was attitude. It was mindset and attitude. That's you know because as I mentioned, the game plan that we had is you know was it was there, and we're still seeing those opportunities in terms of previewing them this week. So we know what we need to do. It just we've just got to um, turn up for it. Um, you know we know what England are like. They they do a lot off the ball. We were almost too nice. They were taking players out. They were mm. you know niggly at the rucks, and we you know we need to give that back where we can. Mm. So. Um, and I think that, you know, welcoming girls, you know, new girls to Test 40 weren't quite sure how to take that, you know, getting pushed over on the way to Iraq mm. or getting taken out, you know, mm. that's, that's what comes with Test 40. So, um, you know, us old girls had to give these young ones a bit of a lesson during the week and that's how we've trained. We've got our, um, our scouts <laughs> and warriors, so our girls who aren't, you know, potentially not stripping and the ones that might be on the bench that have been, been playing like England against us and taking us out and holding us back. So, you know, we've, we've really brought that in this week, which is good. Ooh. Yeah. Any any, any feisty boring. moments throughout the week? Or yeah, what? there's been some feisty <laughs> moments, mate. We're on edge. Watch out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I look forward to a backlash this weekend. Hey, give us one thing we can look for uh, this weekend, a wee change that you, you, you'll be hoping you can predict and an expectation we can look for on, on, on the weekend. 
like physicality, some of the players that are going to be out there are, are going to be wrecking balls. So um, I'm even excited about that. Some, you know, I think the whole mindset change is going to be completely different, and we'll just be, you know, we we're really we're gutted, absolutely gutted about that loss and being our hundredth test. And you know, for me, someone who's been what played 50, 54 of them, um, you know, I was pretty mm. pretty gutted, and so was everyone else. So we're yeah, we're definitely looking for a backlash, and that has to start with our attitude. Nice. Oh, awesome, Kenji. I really look forward to watching that back backlash uh, on the weekend. You guys are going to be physical and you're going to be brutal, and I really, really look forward to it. I hope you girls do well. We're really proud of you. Congratulations on the 100th test and 54, mate. You're kidding. Oh, Kendra, keep it up. Oh, no. about, we got a text message. Wait, we, we got a text message from, from one of the lads, Goose. He said, you lads need to to go check out Marble Racing. We have done it before. It was real good. So there you go. We're going to chuck it up and go have a wee look. Awesome. <laughs> good luck, awesome. Kim. Thanks so much. All right. Thanks, guys. Sweet days. Take it easy. Uh, well, guys, we've made it. It's time for the Friday Tipple. Ooh, how good. How good. <laughs> Yes, it's Friday Tipple. Cheers to Izzy. Innovating on the field and in the paddock. Half Phrygian, half stairs. Could be the future. That is from Tim, and he's obviously mocking my farming abilities. Yes, if they are called Phrygian stairs. There you go. <laughs> there you go. I'm, I'm innovating in the paddock as well. How good. But right now, it is the Friday Tipple. Welcome in to the Friday Tipple yet again, where we toast some of the highs of our week on the Baz and Izzy for breakfast. First up... I want to toast to Honey Hidemir Smiler, who we caught up with on Monday following the Black Ferns' disappointing loss to England. Honey reckons the women need a bit more of the physical side aspect at practice this week, which I agree with. But if I was them, I'd stay away from Honey. For me, it's like throw the ball in and let's play ball rush and bash each other up. Oh, Brutal, <laughs> Honey. Mate, honestly, like, watch Honey play. Man, you don't want to run straight at her. You don't want to run straight at Honey, bro. Honestly, she'll snap you in half. Oh, it's one thing getting battle-hardened, but I think I'd struggle to make it, a, make it to Saturday if I was running into Honey's way. She was outstanding. Cheers, Honey. Excellent. Yeah, that's good, Is Very good. And what about on Tuesday, mate? We celebrated the Melbourne Cup, the race that stops two nations. And we did that by chatting with the owner of Ocean Billy, Billy Pomardi, and the Chosen Ones trainer, Andrew Forsman, as well. They both spoke about how special it is to be involved in the Melbourne Cup. Hasn't hit home just yet, but when I see those coloured walk around that bird cage, uh, I guess it's the time. To be able to have a horse in the race and line up and take your spot, that's a, a big achievement in itself, and I'm just hope, hopeful that the horse can run well and do us proud again. Yeah, they may not have won the race, but nevertheless, we're super proud of them and their involvement in the event, which is laced with so much history. It was awesome to see so many horses with Kiwi connections in the great race, and I want to thank Bill and Andrew for helping us here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast celebrate such a special day. Cheers, boys. Yeah, that was a special day, Baz. I really enjoyed Tuesday, obviously Melbourne Cup, and uh, well done to Very Elegant as well. Chris Waller, that was an outstanding win. Uh, also, on Wednesday, we chatted to Andrew Seabrook. Seeps, it seemed that Baz was less concerned with Seeps' thoughts, thoughts on the Melbourne Cup and more with what's for dinner. What's for dinner tonight, Seems. Um, I actually haven't checked the menu, you Royal Highness, but um, <laughs> you know, after I... Yeah. 
Oh, how good is that? Your Royal Highness, you're not wrong there. The special one there up in MIQ. On the other hand, he carried out a journalistic responsibilities by getting the scoop on plans to move the yearling sales to March. I apologise for that. I want to thank C's for looking out for my brother Bears, and I'll see you at the Cracker Millions, mate. Can't wait. Good stuff. Yeah, old Seeds, he's a champion. Love that little toast to the great man. What about another couple of champions as well? We had Sir Peter Vella and also Stephen Fleming, the old mate who spent some time with the, with the Black Caps before the World Cup. He spoke about how it felt to be back in that environment and to train with the Kiwi boys. Getting the, the couple of training shirt and putting the gear back on, it was a little bit emotional actually. I was really quite proud to be able to put it back on and be part of one of the, the best squads, best sides we've ever put together. So a little bit of a fanboy moment. Yep, insightful as always, always very articulate. I'm going to look overlook the fact though that you did question my punting skills, by the way, Flemo. But anyway, look forward to catching up again when we're out of MIQ. Cheers, mate. Well, I've gone double toast. I'm going to double toast this very, very special horse. It's time for our toast of the week, which has to go to Kiwi team behind Very Elegant. The greatest of them all. Oh, that gives me goosebumps. What a brilliant ride by J-Mac. I'm kicking myself that I didn't back it. But oh well. I'm so happy for him and Chris Waller, as well as all the Kiwi owners and her breeder, Don Goodwin. Congratulations to everyone involved with this incredible mare. It made Tuesday a great one to be a Kiwi. Cheers. That is our Friday tipple brought to you by Baz and Izzy. How good was that? Very elegant. Very, very special week. Very special week, Bazza. Sure has been, is it's been great. I want to thank you as well, mate, um, and all the team. You know, when you're locked up in MIQ, mm. but lots of people they don't really have a lot to do, do they? But I have the benefit of being able to jump on every morning with you and all the team, and be able to uh, have a laugh and a joke and talk sport and racing and all things that come to our mind in the morning. So very lucky to be be able to do that past the last couple of weeks as well. So thanks, is no worries. Thanks to you. Louis, Thanks where's the you cheers? Guys. You meant to cheers him. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> mate. You're still reading Sorry. through the catalogue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I was, and I was just trying to get the timing of the song right, but there's a message. Is Louis the ambassador or something just nipping down the letterbox to take the no junk mail off? And I completely <laughs> endorse that because you find some brilliant <laughs> stuff in there, and I'm not the ambassador. That is firmly in Dan Carter's. Um, I'm a bit about... <laughs> A lot of test points and test caps away from uh, being that. But no, well done, boys. Cheers to you, Baz, actually. Just um, from a production standpoint, you've been an absolute pleasure to work with while you've been in MIQ. It's the testing times occasionally, but you know, you've been a superstar and we've uh, really enjoyed it. How good is it just to have the team back yeah. together? Loving it.